podcast guys i am your host slash uh we'll talk about that later nikki t and i'm here with my guest mr kurt ozan what's up everybody in podcast land (laughs) kurt and i uh have gotten to become pretty good friends uh drank a few beers smoked a few cigars since i've gotten down here in october and before i guess that's true um and we are happy to announce that after this, for the majority of the podcasts, Kurt will be co-hosting them with me. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm amped on. Yeah. I'm stoked for it too, man. Uh, so me coming from the background I come from, I talk mostly about being a fan because that's the world I live in. So I'm, I'm really excited to have you on board to help talk more technical talk. Um, like technical music talk? Yeah. 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 For and sure. And uh, just general smartness. Kurt and I are both pretty much nerds in general. Um, we talk about Star Wars, and we talk about like playing Dungeons and Dragons. And Magic the Gathering. And Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> but also we talk a lot about music. Um, yes, mainly music. Yeah, we listen to a lot of music. I will show him stuff that I think is cool. He will show me stuff that he thinks cool or... Um, artists that he's working with in terms of studio work or photography, which you've been doing a lot during this fun quarantine. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know Kurt, he is the multi-instrumentalist for the Luke Combs band, a killer photographer, a a, uh, fantastic dog and cat owner. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, beer drinking, fun having, cigar smoking, a friend of mine now. Yeah, drinking one right now. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Cheers, brother. Yeah, we are pouring from the uh, the Rowdy Keg, uh, which hopefully will one day be sponsored by Bush Light or somewhere else. True. Uh, that would be great. I would love to have beer at a discounted or free price. That would be magical. One day. One day. We'll get we'll get this big enough one day. True. <laughs> so, in a, unofficially sponsored by Bush Light or like any brewery that would give us beer. but man let's uh let's start in the beginning i guess like let's start with your background in music and how your musical world started we'll get that stuff out of the way and then we'll talk about nonsense sure well like most folks at least people my age i started uh playing in a garage band Mm -hmm. you know i started playing guitar when i was like 10 and i'm 33 now so i've been playing guitar for a while yeah and um you know, playing Green Day covers and Stone Temple Pilots and stuff like that in the garage. And uh, that was kind of like my first taste of music. Played my first gig in middle school. And we played Smells Like Teen Spirit and stuff like that. <laughs> so um, definitely came from like a rock background. And uh, then, you know, high school, everything. I had a rock band, metal band, all that stuff. And then it was time to like, you know, like, what are you going to do with your life? What do you like? Where are you going to go to college and all that stuff? And music was like the thing that I was like good at because, you know, by that time I was like, I could play guitar. Um, and, uh, so I, uh, it was kind of like, well, what am I going to do with my life? And so it was like, well, I'm going to be a musician and I'm going to play guitar for a living and sort of made that commitment without even knowing you know, like what the hell I was going to do really. (laughs) Yeah. What that meant really. Yeah. Like how do you even make money, you know, playing music and all this different things. So, um, after high school, I went and studied music and I moved to Boston and I went to Berkeley college of music. And there I was like playing a lot of jazz and all different kinds of music and learning all sorts of different things like that. And at this point in my life still didn't listen to country music or know anything about it. But after I graduated, I still took some lessons from one of my private teachers. Mm-hmm. And he was like, man, your touch on the 
on guitar like really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is like already after I graduated college for You're music. Like, cool. You know? I'm like, wow, yeah. okay. But uh, he was like, you, maybe if you like play some acoustic guitar, like it might help with like what you're doing. I was like, okay. So, you know, I went home that night and went on Facebook and I'm like, what are some good acoustic guitar players to check out? And my buddy, my buddy's dad, Don, uh, was like, you should check out um, Doc Watson. And I was like, okay, who's this? And I went on YouTube and typed in, this is probably 2008-ish, and typed in Doc Watson. And I was like, whoa. And like, I fell in love with like, his music um and and that music is if you guys don't know who doc watson is he's a bluegrass singer and you know guitar player so i never really heard bluegrass before um and it had a lot of the things i liked about playing jazz but i was like much more invested in emotionally because of the songs and then the harmonies and plus i loved all the picking too which is great um so it kind of had everything that i was looking for musically it was like you know, great songs that I could sing along to, but like badass musicians that are just, you know, ripping. And um, so then that was like a rabbit hole of me. Like, I got to learn how to do this. How do I, you know, flat pick and do all this like fast eighth note stuff and get in that whole style. And that same teacher was like, hey, like you should hear this song. It's called We Hide, We Seek by Jerry Douglas. And I heard the intro, the first few seconds of that, I was just like a mind explosion moment. <laughs> it was like the first time I ever heard Dobro. And then I was like, what is this? <laughs> and so I tried learning it and I couldn't figure it out. And then someone's like, oh, like that's a kind of like a completely different instrument. It's not just regular guitar. Well, I had to go buy a Dobro. So I went <laughs> and spent $800, which is like a lot, right. um, especially for me then because I was just working as a sushi delivery boy on a bicycle. Right. Yeah. Um, which was like my, the, what I was doing after I graduated music school, obviously. Um, so I was sort of like kind of creeping towards country music little by little. Um, then I heard like claw hammer banjo, like doc, like on his stuff, uh, like little Sadie and stuff like that. And I was like, what if that is so cool? I went and bought a banjo. So now I'm like starting to mass all these, I think I bought the banjo first actually. But anyway, I started like getting all these different instruments. Then I found out that there's actually a really cool bluegrass scene in Boston, believe it or not. Oh, wow. And I used to go every Tuesday night to the Cantab Lounge and would like, they would just have open jams like in the basement of this bar. And then at the like street level, they would have like concerts. So like bluegrass bands would play and then you would go down in the basement and jam while that was going on. And so there was like, I was like cutting my teeth playing Dobro and, you know, whatever, mandolin. Even I started picking up mandolin. And that was like my first kind of like country music playing that I was doing really. Um, and that was like a, a big learning experience for me. And uh, definitely was like, it's so funny like to go study music and think like you're like kind of good at guitar. Yeah. And then you go to those bluegrass jams and you're like, I am so bad. <laughs> um, but it was like just invaluable, like just jamming with people, like as a learning experience. I actually had a buddy of mine named Dan. He came up to me and he was like, why are you playing that shit? And I'm like, I didn't know this guy at all. He just, we were just jamming. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, what are you doing? He's like, you're playing all these weird notes. And like, are you going to play, are you ever going to play the melody? And I was like, in my head, I was like doing like my jazz stuff. I thought I was like doing something cool, and he's just kind of like ragging on me, like really hard. And I was like, "Uh, like I don't, I don't know, I don't know." And like him and I became really good friends, and we would like sit at my house all the time, and just like just pick and like do like Stanley Brothers stuff or like just like classic bluegrass. And he was like a teacher to me. There's some guy at the bar, yeah. but he like wasn't like schooled at all. But like grew up playing, like doing fiddle competitions, like when he was younger and everything. So um, then, so now I'm still getting closer and closer to um, country music. I'm, I didn't know at this point. I don't know who anyone is really. You know, right. like I knew like Thunder Rolls or like you know like 
Hey, good looking, or you know, like stuff like that. That iconic just, songs. Yeah, yeah, stuff that like everybody knows, but like yes. I didn't know like stuff that transcended genre. Yeah, I didn't know who like Luke Bryan was or right. whatever, or like yeah. Rascal Flatts or something. Right. Um. So then, like, um, living in Boston, and I was just playing weddings and teaching lessons, and like I said, delivering food on my bicycle, which sucks in the Boston winter time. Which yeah, is brutal. And um. I had some friends down uh, in Nashville that were like doing cool stuff. Uh, shout out to Mike and Elise. Um, love those guys. But um, they were doing cool stuff in Nashville. And I was like, well, I'm going to go and check it out. Because I was thinking, you know, I'll get my master's degree. And then I could teach music like at a college. Right. That'll be my job. And so I knew that Belmont had a program. So I went down to Nashville to visit it. And I had a blast. Um there's just so much good music everywhere. And like, I didn't know anything about country music really, but funny story. The first singer I heard in Nashville was Carly Pierce. That's crazy. Yeah. And I just thought everyone was this good, <laughs> but she was friends of my friends, Mike and Elise. So like, it turns out, no, not everyone in Nashville is as good as Carly <laughs> Pierce. So, right. um, she's kind of a big deal now. Yeah. And at that point probably already was right. I think, Maybe the Randy Rogers song was out, or she. This is like 2011, probably. Okay, so maybe not then, but yeah, it's just dynamite. You could see it then. Yeah, I remember it. So it was at Belcourt Taps. I don't know if you ever been there. Yeah, Tap and Tapas, I think it was called. And she had this Callings guitar. I remember like her singing the song about her grandfather. It was like Whippoorwill song or something. I don't remember the lyrics of it specifically, but I remember like, dang, like everyone in Nashville must be so good. Um, and there are an incredible amount of great people, but not everyone is as good as Carly Pierce. Obviously. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I love Nashville. It was like, you could like get in a car and drive somewhere and park, which yeah. was cool. Yeah. At that um, point. Yeah. Not <laughs> anymore really, but, um, it just seemed like an easier place to live and yeah. there was music everywhere. I'm like, okay, I'm all in on this. And I went to Red Door and beers were like $2 instead of like $10 in Boston. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I was like, this place is great. So then I moved here and uh, started going to Belmont. And when I moved here, I was trying to be like electric guitar player and and gig and try to get in a cool band. And like a friend of mine, Mitch, was playing for Gary Allen. Pretty good and, gig. Yeah, pretty good gig. Yeah. And I was like, dude, how do you get a gig like that? That's awesome. He's like, well, you got to meet people that are, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, you have that Dobro thing going, like, why don't you also learn like fiddle or steel and you could be like a utility guy. And I'm like, I've never even heard of that. So, okay. So I went and I bought a fiddle and I bought a steel and just started practicing. And at this time I was just listening to the radio all the time, trying to figure out like, what was happening. Yeah. Like who, like who's who, like what are guys, guitar players playing on records? Like what do these country records sound like? What do the people that are playing the music look like? Like what do I need to do to be like involved in this scene? Yeah. And I thought like what do I have to do to make myself more marketable to artists that want to hire me? Yeah. Like if I was a country singer, who would I want to hire? And I just try to like be that person, I guess. And so part of it was like learning either fiddle or steel that would help me. And like I didn't really know a lot of steel guitar music. And what got me into playing steel really is like I heard Lyle love it. And I was like, oh, I love the steel on this. This is really cool. Yeah. And um, so I started learning steel and I was playing all these different, you know, instruments and stuff like that. And then I just got recommended for like my first big gig with Janet Kramer. Yep. And which was great. It was so much fun. And I was playing steel guitar and banjo and mandolin and acoustic and just a little bit of everything yeah and that's just kind of how i moved to nashville and like how i got my first gig um and then just for my own you know my history my career also i've played for michael ray that was next that's the first time i saw you play was it with michael yeah it was with michael i, I showed you that video you, you were up at yes. Jurgles. yeah it was like some club right yeah yeah but my friends uh 
from Pittsburgh had met you guys, I think maybe like at the Dusty Armadillo you guys played. Mm -hmm. And so like, they like hung out with you a little bit after. I love the Dusty. Yeah, dude, me too. One of my favorite venues. Mm -hmm. Like people down in the South would like it too. Cause it's, it reminds you of like a Southern honky tonk, but it's in Ohio, you know? Um, there's some country folks in Ohio. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. But they were like, yeah, that's Kurt. He played, you know, we, we like hung out with them a little bit. So my friends, Michelle and Brittany had like kind of knew you and like BS with you guys. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And then, uh, that was, I I showed you that video I have of you like, you know, with the big old beard playing guitar and stuff. Yeah. I wonder what year that was probably like 2016. Yeah. 15 or 16, I guess. Probably five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And then you were with Michael. How long were you with Michael? Probably two years. Two years. Yeah. And then, but before I started touring with Jana, um, I had met Luke and through Rob, Rob Wolford. Yep. Shout Rowdy. out to Rob and uh, for getting me a cool gig. Sort yeah. of. <laughs> well, yeah. And so like we played Whiskey Jam together like before Luke even like moved to Nashville. Yeah. And I think he was still living in Boone. And, uh, and then I remember like, telling like rob and luke and everyone and i was like so stoked i got this gig i was gonna be on a bus yeah it's like a bus gig and um and luke was like you yeah you'll be in my band like one day like for sure and i was like yeah right because <laughs> like he didn't have anything going on i mean it was very obvious that he was gonna be famous hearing him sing like he's right. always just like been this incredible talent but it was like okay good luck you know like what are the chances anyone makes it big right it's needle in a haystack right yeah especially someone you know right um which like i'm super happy to say now i've known a few people that are doing well right um of course the the most successful being luke but right he was like yeah you'll play in my band one day and i was like i you know i hope so yeah um that'd be great yeah (laughs) yeah and then uh luke's manager came up to me uh at tortuga and he's like hey man luke wants you so he sent me over here to come get you and I was like, okay, like, let's do it. Let's go. And, uh, then like on my, I joined the band, like on my birthday, like 2017, I think it was like around, I think it was 17. So that'd be almost four years, I think. Or is it 16? I don't know. I think it was 17, but that's kind of how I ended up in Nashville, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of, I, so I'd seen you play with Michael, but then when you were with Luke, that's when like. Uh, like we kind of connected because mm-hmm. at that point I'd started raised rowdy. Um, so that's right. 2017. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I saw that you were a cigar guy from your story mm-hmm. and I'm a cigar guy, you know? Yeah. So was your, I mean, did you get it from smoking with your family or your dad or whatever? My or? brother, Steve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my brother, Steve, uh, we were on a road trip and we were passing through North Carolina and we stopped at like one of those huge cigar stores mm-hmm. and we got our first cigars and it was a uh, Candelera. It's the, the green wrapper instead of the brown. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we went through there and got that and uh, smoked those and then, you know, became like a bonding thing, right? Like it's a, it's a good Absolutely. thing to talk over, you know, like mm-hmm. having a cigar with some friends or even some folks you don't know is a good thing to have a good conversation over. You know? Absolutely, and so uh, that's, that's how that. we kind of connected. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, I hit you up on, and I was like, dude, if you like cigars, let me send you some stuff. You sent me some some, some good, good stuff. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, like that's part of cigars, though. Is like, is sharing, right? Absolutely. That's you know how my mom raised me in general is to do that, but could, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but also that's part of what makes cigars cool. You know, is like it's a, it's a like if you talk to manufacturers, they're competitive with each other, but they're also family. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like that. And music industry is kind of similar. So I think those two things kind of relate to each other, you know? Yeah. Um, there's definitely a lot of parallels. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and the cool thing about cigars, I know it's not a cigar podcast or anything, but, uh, is that it takes time. It takes, you know, an hour and a half to smoke a cigar. So it's yep. like, you have to like make the time to sit down and just relax and enjoy it. Yeah. So it's like you can't be like running errands, like smoking a cigar, like in Target or something. You know, it's like right. you have to be like sitting down on your ass and like with a book or with some friends and just chilling. It's like listening to an album, you know, 
An yes. album as opposed to a single, right? Yeah. You're listening to an album. You're spending an hour or 40 minutes or whatever mm-hmm. it is listening to that album and really taking in all of the tracks, right? It's kind of the same thing. A cigar progresses. It changes as you smoke it. A lot of yeah, them it's do like at a least. journey. Yeah. For sure. So um, first time we hung out, you were in Pittsburgh. Um, I think opening for Jason Aldean. Your memory is so much better than mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> opening. Well, you were on the road, so I'm sure it's a blur. Yeah. But you were opening, I think, for Jason Aldean. So we'd seen With you Luke? guys. Yeah. Okay. We'd seen you guys play. I saw you play at the Fayette County Fair, and I saw you play opening for Brantley Gilbert. Mm-hmm. And with then my, uh, with Luke or with I opened for Brantley with Luke. Well, and yeah, with Michael. Luke, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I saw you guys w- play open for Aldine, and that was when like we had hung out. So you oh, and cool. Jake, you you like uh, were jogging. So you jogged out and like hung oh, out with I us. Remember a little that? Bit before. Yeah. In the in you, uh, Derek was there. Uh, and we listened yeah. to you were like, dude, Mitch this guy, was there. Yeah. And you were like, dude, this guy Riley Green so good. Yeah. Wasn't that was like yep. wasn't that what you were listening to? Yep. And you were like, dude, this guy Eric Dillon's so good. Yeah. We listened to you. <laughs> and then after the show we hung out too, right? Yeah. Yeah. You guys came out and we, we were, listened to Eric Dillon. Dude, I remember yeah. that. I forgot about that. We were a different level of uh drunk after the show though. Oh, hell yeah. We were like pre game drunk mm-hmm. before, you know, but like yeah, post game, we didn't know you were gonna be like, Yo, let's hang out and smoke cigars. So we had we had like got it in drinking cigar or drinking. Yeah. That was a good time, man. Yeah, we had a good it was time. Super nice out too. It was great out. Yeah, that summer in Pittsburgh is fantastic. I cannot man. wait for that oh, to man. come back. Summers in like the north where yeah. it's just like beautiful and everyone's so happy because it's not beautiful most of the year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's uh I yeah, it's a shows. perfect time to smoke a cigar oh, and yeah perfect time to be outside at an outside venue mm-hmm. enjoying what country music has to offer in the Absolutely. live concert experience which is tons of fun but yeah so then we kind of kept connected after that um i remember you wore our t-shirt on stage right i gave you a raise rowdy t-shirt yeah and that was the first time that any artist had wore it on like a big stage you know what i mean i didn't know that yeah no shit. so like that That's was cool that was the first yeah, time it was in texas or something wasn't it? Well, you wore it that night in oh, Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. But so, I also wore it in Texas yep, too. Okay. You wore a shirt in Texas. You, you know, of course, worn it multiple times, and other ones that mm-hmm. we've since, you know, gave you. But when you wore that shirt, that was like right when Ray's Rowdy was like starting to become a thing in Pittsburgh. So when people saw you wearing a Ray's Rowdy logo T-shirt on stage, they were like, "Oh crap, this is actually a thing." No you way. Know? Yeah. Oh, I didn't ever do that. And I, I actually talked to like. Uh, like the program director for my radio show and some other folks in town that are like in the country music world. And they were like, that's when we realized that there was like something happening, you know? So you were a big part of that, man. You know, it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy what how a that small goes. Little gesture that really did. But dude, like that's like, think about it. You know, like if you see a whiskey jam shirt on stage on Cole Swindell, when he's mm-hmm. out on tour, there's people that are saying, what's Whiskey Jam? Right. And there, a lot of people, even in country music scene, still don't know, which is crazy to me, being the fans that we are and how much we know about Whiskey Jam. But yeah. that's kind of the same thing with us. When an artist, even in town here, wears a Razor Rowdy hat, but really if they're out touring and they're wearing a Razor Rowdy hat or shirt, people are saying, what's that? Because it's, it's like something they might not know, but then when they look it up, they figure out what it is quick, you know? Yeah. So I don't know exactly how I found out about Whiskey Jam, but I think it was a similar kind of experience, right? Like, yeah, I, like Dirks wearing a Whiskey Jam. Shirt yeah, or yeah, Dirks or like Cole or someone, or Garth Brooks or something. Yeah, yeah, Hank Senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Elvis, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things where it's like that was like again one of those like stamp moments for me was like seeing my merch on one of those stages, like the, the shed show, right? Yeah. Like the big stage in Pittsburgh, you know? So I was super thankful of that, man. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for the shirt. Dude, and thanks for the beer. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then since then, I mean, you guys pretty much right after that stopped opening for folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The world kind of exploded. Yeah. When, this world did. Yeah, for sure. When every song, after hurricane including hurricane went number one you know (laughs) it's uh what's it been like just being a part of that like forward driving movement man like just seeing it go from 
when you started where it was like you saw it happening, mm-hmm. but you couldn't have thought it was going to happen as fast as it did. Absolutely not. Yeah. When I first, the, the day I was about to meet Luke for the first time, like Rob called me. He's like, hey, do you want to play Whiskey Jam with us? You know, we'll just come to your house. We'll work through the songs and then we'll go and play them. And Rob's like, this guy's like really good. Like he's going to be famous. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. So they came over to my place. And I think like maybe Langston was there too and Sam Crabtree. And we like, we played and jammed. And it was like, holy shit. Like this guy is going to be famous. Like it's, you know, he we played like She Got the Best of Me. Um, I wonder what else we played. I don't know. I don't remember how fast how fast the guys, but some older stuff. And um and you know, then like our paths sort of separated when I started touring with Jana, like right. wasn't playing that much with Luke anymore. And we played I played some stuff with him. I actually played we were talking about this last night, um, played the label showcase when he got signed for Thirty Tigers. Oh, oh yeah. Because he was that, that was what they were doing with the album before it went to Sony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but like, I was just sort of watching it from an outsider's perspective because I wasn't like playing in his band because I was playing with Jana or playing with Michael. And, um, and it was like, oh, like, I heard Luke got signed. You know, I was like, whoa, like, cool, good for him. Like, this indie label, like, with, like, has like a super badass roster. Yeah. Like, this is so cool. Like, he's going to be doing, like, the indie kind of thing. And uh, who else is on that label? So, like, Isbel's released it, records yeah. there. And, like, uh, like Brent Cobb, I think, released records there. So, like, all of that, like, Americana, big top-end Americana yeah. artists, like, a lot of them live there. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that's what I thought, like, that. that's what I assumed his career trajectory was going to be like. Right. And, you know, I'd see articles on social media, like Facebook or whatever. Um, and then time would go by, and it's like, oh, like, his deal got bought out by Sony. And I'm like, well, this is happening fast. Like, this is going crazy. Well, and that's a whole different thing. When yeah. you sign a deal and it gets bought out, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's not just we found this guy, we're signing him. Right. It's this guy already had a deal in place. We're buying that deal out and signing him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's a that's a... Mm-hmm big dick move you know yeah, no <laughs> doubt and then i was like oh like cool like you know here comes the hopefully they don't shelve them or whatever yeah you know? um and then it was just like oh going to radio with hurricane and i was like whoa because like that song's such a smash you yeah. know it's just such a jam um and it's so different than a lot of his other stuff right um just sonically i think a little bit different you know but it it's the one that catapulted him up to that point. It was like the, it didn't sound exactly like everything else he had on his EPs, you know? Yeah. And it catapulted him from there. Yeah. And, but like, see, then I was looking at media base charts and billboard and stuff. And it was like, it's, it's going like, it's going, this is crazy. I've never known anyone. Like I've never been a witness to it. Yeah. And seeing it happen, I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. And then, you know, Cappy comes to me in Hurricane's top 30, and he's like, do you want to be playing Luke's band? And I was like, yeah, be, yeah, yes. of course, yes. Yes, yeah. I do want to play for Luke Combs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it was like, well, let's hope this thing goes number one, you know? And so I'm looking at the charts. You know, I just left my great gig right. with Michael Ray, which is, you know, super awesome. But I never had a, one shred of a doubt, you know, in Luke's abilities or anything. But right. still, it's like you want to see him do well. Right. <clears throat> And I'm just, here comes the song. I'm like, oh, it's like top 10. Like, I wonder if we'll go number one. And like, I didn't, you know, I'm not like a expert on like country radio, especially right. not back then. But um, it wasn't like, obviously, it's just going to go number one. Yeah. You know, but, uh, and then it did. And then it went two weeks. I was like, what? That doesn't happen. That, yeah. yeah. That like never happens. Yeah. And um, ever since then, it's just been like. Lightning bolts. Yeah. Um. Then, you know, one number away, and then it's just like, I don't think I've ever played, this is like God's honest truth, I've never played a show with Luke that like wasn't sold out. That's wild. I don't think I ever have. That's wild to think about. Yeah, I think like, because we, we were playing shows. Wow. Uh, like, 
that starting in like summer of 2017, I think it is. And you were on with like big headliners that were selling out shows. Yeah, I guess maybe some of the like when we were opening for Brantley, maybe some of those, but like. Luke did his own first like club tour, like those all, all those out. were sold out. Yeah, arena tour all sold out. Yeah, and and it was just like it's just been insane, dude. It's just been awesome. Yeah, and so through that you got on the road, and you know Luke's team has gotten bigger, and he got to bring in a crazy good photographer on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and why don't you tell us about you know Mr. Bergman and how you got to meet him, and then how you got into the photography world from there. Oh, so um, I'm also a photographer. Yes, a great and photographer. Thank you. Yeah. And um, it's just something I picked up on the road in the beginning of 2019 because uh, our photographer, our tour photographer, like the photos that he was sending us were like incredible. And like usually you have a tour photographer and like their job is to get artist photos and artist video and stuff. So yeah. like you might get a a pick thrown to you every once in a while, but Bergman is like giving like the band guys a bunch of photos of just them. He's making pictures of the drummer, which like a lot of guys don't do and like shooting like the pedal steel guy sitting up on stage or whatever. And so it's really inspiring. And then you see the, the photos and it was like, this is such an art to this, yeah. you know, especially with it, with David's photos too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just found it inspiring. And then we were playing Houston rodeo, um, and I asked him like, "Hey, can I try taking a photo with your camera?" And so he like set it up for me, got set the exposure, and then I just aimed it at a sheep. Um, so I just I aimed this his camera at, at a sheep, and then I didn't think it. I you know I pushed the button, didn't think any of it, didn't think anything of it. And then you know a couple of days later, he's like, "Oh, here's that photo you took." And I was like, "Whoa, I took that photo!" And he's like, "Yeah, I edited it for you and everything." And like. I was like, whoa, cool. I still have it saved like in my phone. I should post it sometime yeah. and tell a story about it. Um, but it was like, well, I could do this, you know? And uh, so then I said, Bergman, like, hey, will you teach me how to take photos? And he's like, I will, yeah, but you got to buy a Canon camera because he's like sponsored by Canon. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I went and spent 350 bucks on a camera and I've just been like addicted to it ever since. Yeah. So... And now Kurt is the photographer at our brand new writers round in town. That's been going crazy <laughs> rowdy on the road. So much fun. You guys yeah. got to come to that. Yeah. If you, if you haven't seen that yet, we've had some crazy rounds from we're on, at this point when we were recording this, we're, we were on three, yep. <laughs> but everyone has been capacity at COVID regulations to the bar. And, but yeah, so I saw you starting to do photography and I was like, holy crap, like you got good quick. And I I guess it's from having a good teacher. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, Bergman always jokes. Like whenever he gets a text, there's like an 80% chance that it's me being like, what aperture would you use on this? Or like, you know, (laughs) what shutter speed or how do I do this? You know? Yeah. So yeah, just that and, you know, reading blogs and YouTube and all that stuff too, but mainly just picking his brain all the time. Yeah. One of the things in my head that is enviable about you as a person is that when you put your sights on something, you do it, right? And you're not afraid to work hard to get to where you want to be, right? And that's evident with music and all of the instruments that you you know, have in your repertoire of things that you can play at a very high level. It's evident with you know some of your passions in personal life, like chess, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurt was over here hanging out as I was finishing up work and watching videos of chess to get better at playing chess. You know, that's, that's the kind of person you are is when you see something and you do it, you want to be very good at it, you know? And it's, it's enviable to me. It's something that's inspiring. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. It's, it's a great quality to have, not only because it makes you be good at stuff, but also because it shows that you have the drive to do whatever it takes to get to where you want to be, you know? Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that like, again, sometimes people call like luck or God given talent and some Mm -hmm. of that's involved, right? Like if you weren't any good at all or you didn't have a site for photography, then you couldn't get good at it. Right. But a lot of that is more hard work than it is. Yeah. I mean, my thing is like, I, like I was not like naturally gifted at guitar or right. anything. Um, but like 
I'm very lucky because I had very extremely supportive parents that yeah. like paid for my guitar lessons. Like I've been taking guitar lessons for like decades. Like I took a guitar lesson. I still take guitar lessons. Like I'll study like Jake Workman who plays for like Ricky Skaggs or something. Yeah. You know? Like I'm still studying, but like I have like this base with like my family that have always been there to support me. And now I have friends that are, that help me support that. Like, you know, like I can ask Bergman a question or whatever, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, and it's also, it's like once you kind of learn one thing, like once I learned how to play music, it made like learning other things easier. Like I already learned guitar and I remember I was bad at it for, well, I'm still not great at it, but you know, like getting <laughs> sure, better. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I remember the process of learning. So it's like, you just learn to learn, I guess. If yeah. that makes sense. So Absolutely. it's like, I know what it takes to learn fiddle. I haven't done it. Yeah. But you and, know what yeah. it looks like. Yeah. Like yeah. I know how to repeat the process of learning and how to put yeah. in the hours and the muscle memory and same thing with photography. It's like, I've taken a lot of bad photos, just like how Luke has probably written a lot of bad songs. Right. But, you know, um, it's just like practice and analyzing why, why is this photo bad? Yeah. Maybe the photo is kind of boring because the subject is in the center and be better if it was on the right third of the frame or like it's overexposed or, you know, like whatever. Yeah. So, and it's kind of similar to music, right? Like you said, like what am I playing or what am I adding to this or how am I picking it in a certain way? Absolutely. Yeah. Can all be that kind of same world. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So your skill set is being a diligent and good learner. I think so. Yeah. Um, but you know, like you mentioned chess, like I really like chess. Yeah. Um, it's similar to music cause like you'll never be good at it Yeah. in a way, <laughs> you know, it's like constant work in progress. Yeah. It's super hard, but there are ways this, if you want to get better at it, you can just sit there and, and just grind, you know, reading books and doing chess puzzles and playing a lot and analyzing games the same way. Like I'll practice scales or, or techniques or something. Then I'll record myself and listen back and see like, actually I'm out of tune on this or out of time or whatever. Yeah. So. And then on top of photography, you've gotten into doing some video work too. Yeah, I have. Um, shout out to Kanan Smith because yeah. um, I don't know why. He he hit me up. He's like, do you know anyone that does like music videos? And so I'm like, sure. Like here's Preston's number and like here's Rob's number. And um, and, and then he hit me back. He's like, like you've already taken photos. Like why don't you just shoot the video? And I was like. I've never done a music video before. I, I don't know what to do. And he's like, well, you just do your thing and you'll figure it out. And like, let's do it. And then, so it was just like, my mom would say like, baptism by fire kind yeah. of thing. And so I did. And so I've done a couple music videos, um, which is just a stupid amount of work. And, yeah. but it's super rewarding too. So, yeah. um, I'd like to pursue that more, I think. Do more video it's stuff. It's cool to see that. Like, again, like you're just good at learning things. So you knew one piece of that, mm-hmm. right? You knew how to get there. And then you, you have a creative mind, you know, like, and it's from, it's because you do so many things that are creative. You, you know? know, what's so funny is I think I don't have a creative mind. I do creative things, but like the way I'm creative, it's like, I'm going to do a music video, right? Yeah. I'll sit down and watch. I was just watching music videos, like, and like, writing down like what like what is in a music video yeah like i know it's like like a guy playing a song and then sometimes there's a story but like at what ratio when is it when is it the story and when is it this Uh, like and so i'm like taking notes like okay so they're shooting wide on this medium on this tight on this and it's like this is like the story and like this is like a performance shot so it's like okay i know that i need to have if i'm doing like colder than you our story was him brewing beer like out in the woods right and the performances was like him like out in the woods in this like waterfall vibe and singing the song playing on guitar so it was like okay i know i need to shoot this and then it was just like seeing what other people do and then just putting my own twist on like what's what is a music video already so it's kind of like i mean it, it is a creative thing to do that but it's kind of like the way I go about it is like very analytical, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're like a technician in how you're approaching it. Yeah. And I think that makes sense if you're talking about the way you learn things, right? Like if you talk to someone and like I remember listening, I think we might have talked about this already, but not on the podcast. Like I listened to Isbel talk about how he learned how to play guitar. And he learned how to play guitar by 
playing guitar like other people played guitar. Absolutely. And then when you figure that out and you learned how to play guitar like three of your favorite guitar players play, then you take the pieces of those things that you like the best, Mm -hmm. you mash those all together, and that becomes how you play guitar. Absolutely. You know, so I think if you're learning something, you know, first music video you do, you're learning how to do a music video like other people do it. But then if you keep doing it, then you start getting creative and you say, hey, what if we tried this? You know, absolutely. And that's when you get really good. Reminds me of this episode of Star Trek, uh, Next Generation, where like Data, who is like an android robot, like he plays like violin perfectly. But like his playing style is he's like, I'll play like this person. Now I'll play like this person. But sometimes he mixes like the different styles. So it's like, you're a robot. Like you're not supposed to be like creative or something. And he's like, I'm not being creative. Like, it's like, well, you're mixing all these styles together. It's kind of like what Isabel's talking about. Yeah. That's so, crazy to think about. Isabel yeah. and Data. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, the different levels of nerd are coming out right yeah, now. <laughs> there's one. It's poking out. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, it's been since I got to town, we've hung out a lot. And, mm-hmm. like, my friends are like, are you and Kurt best friends now? I'm like, kind of. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, he likes the same things I like. Mm-hmm. And he likes hanging out and smoking cigars and talking about nerdy stuff and listening to music and Absolutely. having having fires. Got yep. a little cold there for fires for a minute. But yeah. Kurt has a nice little fire pit in his backyard that we hang around and hang out with his amazing girlfriend, Colleen, who mm-hmm. I absolutely adore. She's a sweetheart. Same. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll keep her around a while. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> But man, it's, it's been cool to get to like, cause I've know you and like we had talked and like mm-hmm. kind of, you know, been friends, but it's been great to get to know you more. And I couldn't be more excited to have you helping with the podcast as well as the radio show, man. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, we're just going to talk with all my friends that did music like yeah. on the podcast and like Jameson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Know. We got a podcast coming up with Jameson Rogers who you took the photographs for his engagement yeah and shot him a bunch on the road when mm-hmm. he was out on tour so if you don't know when uh everybody else is kind of chilling out or just like hanging out kurt's out shooting the openers in photography so yeah. he's getting awesome photos Not with a gun but with a camera yeah yes. <laughs> yeah so the camera mm-hmm. but he's uh he's out getting photography done so it's again like it's hard for a photo a photographer to get into those shows so like you're in those shows already, True. right? Yeah, uh, I do. I am blessed um, with a lot of access. Yeah, and yeah. I I'm definitely thankful for that because I know a lot of people that are like, I would like die to shoot this show. I'm yeah. Like, oh yeah, like I got to shoot Eric Church like playing yeah. a lit- literally a football stadium, um, in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, and I remember that show when it, when I well I didn't get to go to it, but I remember when it happened and I was like that lineup's insane. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it was like I got to shoot Ashley McBride when we we're in tour together, or just mm-hmm. whoever. You know, it's just like, and I'm just like, go to the photo pit with my camera, and they're like, "Hey, you can't be here." I'm like, "Oh, I'm in the band," and they're like, "All right, all right." Yeah. <laughs> my favorite story, just to tell a quick story. Um, well, that's what podcasts are for, right? Absolutely. Uh, we were playing like Willie's Barbecue Fourth of July Fest. Yeah. And obviously, Willie Nelson's uh, headlining. Yep. And so usually during a concert, the press is allowed to take photos for the first three songs and they're kicked That's out. That's it. Right. Yep. So I waited until after the first three songs and all the press was out of the photo pit. And I just walked up with my camera and I showed them my credentials and they're like, okay. And I just stood in like literally right in front of Willie Nelson, maybe like, I would say like 10 feet, 15 feet away. Of course, he's six feet higher than me. Right. And I just filled my card up with images of Willie Nelson. Just for like the entire set. I just watched this entire set yeah. right in front of them. Nobody near me. And just like I have these pictures. I'll have to post them again. Um, yeah. I just love Trigger. Like you can see oh, just how man. old the guitar is. Yeah. And it was really cool. That's yeah. That uh, again, You don't get to do that if unless you're like where I, you know, like you're touring. Yeah. Or you would like work for Willie Nelson. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a, again, that's like a blessing because you're so good at so many things that you get to have, but it's mm-hmm. not because it's just given to you. It's because you worked your nuts off to be that good at photography after you worked your, mm-hmm. your stuff off to be that good at playing music, yeah. you know? And 
And a little bit of luck, maybe. For sure. There's luck involved, but a lot of what people call luck is being at the right place at the right Mm -hmm. time. But you have to put yourself in that place, you know? Like, you had to put yourself out there to meet the folks that you met, you know, to go on tours, right? Like like they were saying, you got to go and be a good hang and be good to good people, you know? Right. Um, it's cool to see all of that stuff kind of fall into place, but that falling into place is because of hard work, you know? Yeah, yeah so that's true. I'm excited to, to work hard with you on some stuff that we have going on. Yeah, right on, man. Um, I, I appreciate someone that is driven, right? And is grinding. And yeah. I always tell Kurt, I'm like, you hate free time. It's your least favorite. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, obviously everyone likes free time, but I just agree to things and ask to do things. And then sometimes I'm like, do I really want to go and do this? Yeah. And I'm like, well, it'll be, it'll be good for me. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but it's cool, man. And, uh, I mean, again, for me, like having a radio show wasn't anything I ever thought I'd have. Right. Like I never thought that was going to be a thing. Right. I never thought I would own a banjo. So yeah, who right? knows? You know, <laughs> you just never know. Um, I also would like to talk about the bandana that we've done together. Oh, yes. That uh, we have a few left of, maybe, probably not too many at this point, uh, but we've done two runs now with the slightly different designs. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kurt, I saw Kurt wearing a bandana on stage because you started wearing, like, mm-hmm. you, know, you got the, once the hair got so long, you're like, I need to keep this out of my eyes, but a hat's probably not the move, you know? Right. So you started wearing a bandana on stage. Which started as a joke because there was like a Tito's, someone like in, in Luke's green room, there was like a Tito's bandana. Yeah. Like a bunch of bottles of vodka and then with bandanas and swag. And so I tied one up and I think Farron was like, that looks cool. Like she saw a photo of it. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll keep doing it then. I yeah. can just put it on. And uh, so, yeah. And then you approached me to like, Hey, let's do a bandana together. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think anyone cares about me. And you're like, no, we're going to do a bandana. It's going to be cool. Well, here's, it has been cool. It has been super cool. Yeah. And, and you realize that there's more people that care about you than you think. Right. Like, yeah. dude, like it's cool seeing the people that buy it. It's photographers. It's mm-hmm. like, it's musicians. You know what I mean? It's yeah. up and coming artists. It's people that appreciate what you do, you know? And then probably some people that know you as well, you yeah. know? But it's it's neat, and like I said, I said we're probably not gonna make that much money off of them, you know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when we're all said and done, what we're gonna do is we're gonna buy cigars with yeah, it. Yeah, no doubt, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but I was like, but it's cool, and I think, and like we kind of talked about, like maybe when you get back on the road, we can get enough made so you can, you know, possibly give one out at a show. Or, oh my god, no, I can't you know wait to get mean? back like, on the road. Yeah, uh, that would be. I think that would be super dope. You know, if you yeah. like take it off and you had a sharpie in your pocket and you sign it and give it to a kid yeah, or give it to some fan or throw it in the crowd or, you know, however you do it. Well, I've always wanted to do that because that's what Willie Nelson does. Yeah. And it's funny to see like old people fighting over the Willie's bandana. Yeah. Um, when he threw at the show that I was at, it landed in front of me in the pit. Like it didn't make it to the crowd. And I was like, I can't take this. I'm like, do I keep this? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> or did you keep it? No. Did you give it no. to someone? I threw it. I gave it to just, some kid in the uh, crowd. Yeah. You know? I was going to say the give to a kid or just throw it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I did one of the two, but it was like, it was not easy. Oh, but man. I was worried. Like, I didn't want to be like, who's this guy that is clearly not, shouldn't be in the pit, catches the bandana. Everyone's looking at me. You right. know, it's like a baseball game. Right. And I was like, well, what, you know, whatever. I'll throw it in the crowd. That's yeah. fine. Um, I did get a picture with, like, we did an all Luke's camp and like all Willie's camp. We did a big photo. That's awesome, and it was cool. So yeah, that's like that's I a, have that, which is cooler. Than, yeah, than and you're playing, you're playing iconic venues. Like I got to come out and see you guys play at Red Rocks, which I try to do like one bucket list, like festival or venue mm. a year, and that was the one. You know, so you're getting to play cool things. People, yeah. are, people are going to be talking about Luke and his hats that he throws in the crowd. Like they talk about mm-hmm. like Willie's bandana, you that's know what cool. I mean? Which is crazy to think about, but it'll get there, man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not as crazy. As not, you not that crazy. Think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's uh like, I know people that have caught like the hats that he throws out and like, they go nuts. You like, know? It's so sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. But that's part of it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh it's cool to see that and has to be super cool to be, a part of it and i'm super excited 
to have you as a part of uh, the Rage Rowdy family, man. Like yeah. photography, now the podcast, and from here forward, co-hosting a lot of the podcasts, as well as a podcast that we have coming up with Matt Burrell from In The Round Podcast. If you guys don't listen to In The Round the Podcast, you definitely should. He does a longer form podcast than I usually do. How long are they? Uh, hour and a half-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, mine are usually like half hour to 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. So his are, uh, some of them are, of course are more when I know the people better. Yeah. But uh, sometimes like I was doing them in green rooms and stuff. So they were short form. Right. Kind of between a radio interview and a podcast. But Matt's are a little bit longer form and he's going to be co-hosting a cigar podcast with us. Yeah, three-way th- with Matt. Yeah, three-way <laughs> that we think is going to be called Rhythm and Smoke. That's the name we have so far, which I'm stoked about. Yeah, me too. I think man. that's a good name. We're going to have some smelly microphones, I feel like. We're going to have smelly microphones, and we're going to smoke. S- smoke more cigars than we already do. Mm-hmm. And probably, I mean, you and I, Matt's sober, but we'll probably have some beers. Yeah, why not? We're going to be doing it at Smoker's Abbey. They have good no beers. Doubt. No yeah. doubt. <laughs> so um, be on the lookout for that, and be on the lookout for episodes after this with kurt co-hosting it with me let's go yeah and if you don't listen to raise rowdy radio raise rowdy radio is available on the radio.com app if you're not in pittsburgh on a station called y108 which is uh the station that my family grew up listening to country music on that's so cool yeah hopefully we can get it on in the country station in florida where oh your kiss is, yeah too. that'd be cool <laughs> yeah but guys, uh, thank you so much for listening to me and Kurt. Uh, this was probably, honestly, a less nerdy conversation than we usually have. True. Yeah. yeah we haven't we haven't <laughs> talked about like Black Lotus, Mana Cars, or anything. Yeah, no. We haven't talked about Magic: The Gathering, Power Nine, or Dungeons yeah. and Dragons at all, or Star Wars. Well, we we got a little Star Trek in there, so that's, that's true. good. I see that. One, yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, Kurt and I are stoked to get this rolling and. Kind of, I'm kind of deb- dubbing this like the second chapter of the Razor Rowdy podcast. So I'm stoked to have you on that chapter with me, man. Yes, sir. Well, guys, if you enjoy the podcast and hopefully we'll enjoy it more with Mr. Curtis Ozan uh, <laughs> co-hosting it with me, uh, make sure you subscribe, uh, rate the podcast on iTunes. That really helps us get to more folks. And, you know, just pay attention to what we're doing, man. You can find Kurt at Kurt251. Kurt Ozon251. Yeah, Kurt yeah. Ozan251. Ozon251, which uh, I found out by listening to another podcast you were on is a chord progression. Yeah, 251. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so super nerdy, which I love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and musical, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, pay attention to Kurt. You'll see a lot of his great photography a lot of which we are getting to take it cool writers rounds now. Yes. As well as a lot of awesome artists in town that he's doing portraits for, as well as some album covers. He did Job Fortner's album cover here in this house that we did yeah, uh, yeah. for his last EP and a lot of great work. So make sure you're paying attention to that and following along with us on Razor Rowdy Radio and here on the Razor Rowdy Podcast. And Kurt, dude, thanks so much for sitting down with me. Absolutely, man. You're welcome. And uh, I'm Nikki T, and this is Kurt Ozan, and you'll see us in the front row. All the good old days. You don't have to explain it. It's just the